Proverbs chapter 2. Appreciate the children having the desire, you know, I mean, just belting out and remembering the, the verse that they, they memorize and, and mentioning, saying it out here, and we'll do that next week. But then to see Tyler come out about the verse, you know, talking about the verse that they learned tonight there on the paper there. What God said, it's a blessing to hear. As we go through the uh, Proverbs, and as I was contemplating this, I know preachers, pastors, encouraging folks to read uh, on a daily basis, you know, uh, read through the Bible and, you know, sometimes having morning devotions and evening devotions and family devotions and things like that. One of the things that they mention is since there are 31 Proverbs, that you can do that in a month and do that on a month-by-month basis where you read a proverb a day and you just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it for those months like this month with it's shorter. You know, you can go ahead and just read the, the extra or you can just start all over on the next month. But whatever the day of the, the month is, read that proverb for the day. And um, you can do that with your children as I, as I was uh, you know, hearing him come out uh, talking about that. And since it is for our instruction, and it, it often and it applies just good practical. I mean, it, it, it deals with a lot of things, um, you know, as we will see as we go through uh, these. Then, you know, there's a lot of practical wisdom, obviously written by the wisest man in the Bible, and that was Solomon. Amen. And often written to a son, uh, to give the son instruction. That's how a lot of the uh, a lot of the proverbs start out, just like Proverbs chapter two talks about my son and given to instruction. And uh, you know, talks and we're going to see the man and the woman here that he says, you know, to maybe steer away from and and what these things will do. Uh, but he deals with, you know, he deals with being a surety for a person, a co-signer for a man, and he deals with finances. You know, he deals with. Uh, some just a lot of good practical day-by-day stuff that if we not only will apply to ourselves, but then also teach our children. Uh, and then if we get into a practice and a habit, whether it's yourself and or you with your children, and just every month, 12 months a year, you're reading Proverbs <laughs> 12 times, you know, uh, for the year, then and so well, we've read that again. You know, we read that before. We've read that before. we read that before. But then repetition Puts it in us, you know, just like the multiplication tables, uh, the memorization of the multiplication tables, and, you know, to, to be able to draw upon. Uh, in fact, um, there was one, I think, that we, yeah, we, we read it uh, last week, and uh, uh, let's see here. Sinners entice thee. I was, I remember reading that uh uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's it. Right, verse number 10 of last week. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for the, for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole. As those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil, cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and make haste to shed blood. There's a, there's a man that, he was the first uh, black man to ever become a, a, well, an admiral. He was the first admiral, <laughs> there we go, in the chaplaincy of the U.S. Navy. Uh, and then he became an admiral, and he was, uh, and I guess he was, just because he was black, they made, a, they made that note. And then he, he went from the chaplaincy to the, uh, of, the, of the U.S. Navy as an admiral to become the chaplain of the United States Senate. He wrote a book, his own personal story, and it's entitled From the Hood to the Hill, talking about Capitol Hill. From the Hood to the Hill. And in that book, I was, it was being shared with me in 2005 as I stood in the, out, the, the outer office of the chaplains, the, chap, the Senate chaplains' offices there in the 
U.S. Capitol, the assistant chaplain that was sharing, and this book had just come out at that time, and he was sharing with me, and he was explaining to this, and it was his, his biography from the hood to the hill, and he shared the story in that his grandmother or his mother, an adult in his life, one of the two, encouraged him to memorize scripture as a young man in the hood. And that particular morning, he was getting, you know, the friends, you know, said, hey, come go with us. And I said, well, you know, maybe it was just, maybe it was just his routine, but he read the, what I just read to you about, about if sinners entice thee, consent thou not, and refrain from the foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste. He read that, that this one, one particular morning, <clears throat> and he went out again in the hood, and went out, and his friends said, "Hey, let's go roll some uh, roll some winos. Let's go, you know, beat up on some of the street people, basically." And he re he had just read that passage of scripture that morning, but he made application to his life, and he said, "No, not today." Gave himself an excuse, and he went another way after reading that passage. And But his friends went and did just that. They went out and beat up on this homeless guy that wound up dying. They beat him up that severe. And they all went to, to jail. And if he had been with them, but he made applicate, practical application of the word of God to his life and did not go with his friends and through that was able to then go into the Navy was then able to get an education probably through the Navy and work his way up in the chaplaincy uh, and then as the chaplain of the Hill uh, of the United States Senate. And so that's what I'm talking about as far as making this practical application. It's good wisdom. We, that's much, it's much spoken about here. Wisdom, and as we look into the scriptures here, as we go through these, just see, you know, don't just read them. Because as I broke this down, you know, and you'll see tonight where I'm, how I'm, how I'm coming from, and how we ought to look when we look at the scriptures. Don't just read to be reading. I mean, just to get through it, you know. And we fall into that trap. It's the it's the it's the eleventh day, you know, Proverbs eleven. Okay, we're going to get through it. Our daily reading, but. Even though that you read it time and time and time again, read it to see what God wants to you to learn from it with that, that attitude each time that we look into the Word of God and to see if He will give you something that you can apply for your life on that particular day. Again, as we introduce Proverbs, last week we just read Proverbs. I just read it. Proverbs chapter 1 went to the house. Uh, I went to the house concerned, actually. Um, but uh, but then the next day the Lord had given me peace uh, that I had done what I was supposed to do in just the reading of that. But again, we may each time that we go into another proverb just refer back to what these proverbs are for. And I've read it already, but we'll read it again. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the humble, I'm sorry, to, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. And that discretion, uh, and, and it's in our reading tonight, discretion, by definition, excuse me, is prudence. Prudence means... <laughs> Uh, a caution in deliberating. So you think about it. You don't just run into it, okay? So discretion is prudence or knowledge and prudence, that discernment. So discretion is knowledge, discernment, and, and prudence, all kind of mixed together. So that discernment which enables a person to judge critically of what is correct and proper, united with caution. Nice discernment and judgment directed by circumspection and primarily regarding one's own conduct. So you're thinking about how you conduct yourselves, young men, 
young ladies, old men and old women too, or old, and old women too, and everybody in between. How we handle ourselves, that's discretion. We don't just run into it, we think about it. We think about it in light of God's word. If we are to live by faith and to walk by faith, and, 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 and we, we, we take the practical applications of God's word and we weigh that in the decisions and the things that we're making decisions about on a day-by-day basis. And the, the Bible tells us here that it gives us discernment or yeah, discretion. A young man, discretion, all right? Knowledge and discretion. As a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand the proverb and to the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark sayings. And Brother Glenn quoted this this morning in the Sunday School Hour, verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I know it all. You don't have to tell me nothing. I already got it. Instead of just listening, and maybe you already know some of it, but somebody would tell you a little bit more and some practical, maybe some shortcuts and some good practical wisdom that they've learned through the years about the various different subjects. That's what these Proverbs set out to do. Proverbs chapter uh, 2, I'll just read, and we'll stop and pause instead of reading the whole 22 verses, although in the future we may read all of them and then go back. But I'll just read uh, so many, deal with, deal with them in the sections, and then we'll go to the house. Proverbs chapter 2, verse number 1, My son, if, and I've underlined the word if in these uh, next several verses then, because we see an if and then, 1 through 5. And again, if we just read these as it's, as it's written and we don't consider that there, is, that there are some ifs and thens, there are, you know, again, as we just, if we look at it and we read it and we break it down looking for the sentences oftentimes, and this is the, one of the cases because we start in verse number one and the sentence ends in verse number five. And... Solomon, again, writing to his son, he says, if, if, if you make these applications in your life, then this is what the outcome will be, basically. And as we go through the Proverbs, if we can get that mentality and understanding of saying, okay, as your child father, through your word that you gave through Solomon, these words of wisdom... Help me to see the ifs so that I can experience the thens. Help me to practice the ifs so I can experience the thens. Help me to apply these wisdom, this wisdom to my life and to stay out of certain circumstances. A lot of these are just circumstantial. I mean, we'll see that here at the end of this particular proverb with the men and the, and the strange woman there. And, of course, we see the strange woman in several other chapters here in these Proverbs, and, you know, just make an application. Guard, being on guard as we go about because the devil's out there to try to trip us up. You know, and them wiles, uh, them, uh, the, the wiles of the devil and understanding his, uh, his devices that are, that are out there. And if we can apply this wisdom, it'll keep us from it. So my son, if... Thou wilt receive my words, so we have to receive the words, and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear, we just sing about that, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searches for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So you have to, to receive the words and hide his commandments with thee. Incline your heart unto wisdom. Don't just stop your ears at the instruction of these words especially, but 
we can make application at the instruction of, of you know, your job. I know Brother Chris has been down learning a different aspect of his new trade, hoping to incorporate that into his business. If he should get down there and just watch him and say, I got it, and come back, <laughs> no. He's asking questions. He's watching closely, hopefully. <laughs> He's asking questions. He's connecting with people that's been doing it a while, not just somebody that started yesterday. All right? And, and then he went to that, you know, the con. He understands the machine. He understands these things. He, he researched these things out, even the striping part, to hear him tell us about his business. But if we, so you can make practical application in life. I could go, I could go, you know, to my job and, and be, um, be presented with new, a new aspect of my, my particular job to hear Jesse talk because Jesse's now in a place where a lot of what he's learning parallels and or crosses exactly what I have learned and what I do on, and what I teach actually on the job. And to hear him talk, and he, it's all new to him, and I'm like, yes, son, I know all that. But to hear him, it's just fresh with him. Now, I can, you know, I can slow him down a little bit and maybe give him some correcting and try to, you know, slow him down and say, okay, this is all fresh, but keep that ever before you so that you, because you will lose what you don't use. And so keep, you know, keep this, you know, keep, keep it fresh so that when you actually out there on the job, then it will... You know, make it make it work for you. And understand, you understand that you're hearing the not you're hearing the instruction, but make application. Use that knowledge wisely. So these ifs here, receive and hide them. Incline your ear and apply your heart. Cry for the not. Cry after the knowledge. Crying after. You know, think about a child crying after that bottle. <laughs> And that's that's the that's the 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 connotation is kind of given crying after knowledge, and we we know that because it's lifting up thy voice for understanding. You're not satisfied until they give you the bottle. <laughs> you're you're crying for it. You're lifting up your voice for it. You're actually asking the Lord for this. Knowledge, you're, you're, you're crying and seeking and, you know, lifting up for understanding. And he's going to get into the wisdom here in a minute. But in, and if thou seekest her as silver, what? The knowledge and the understanding <clears throat> and searchest for her as a hid treasure. If you will, if you will cherish her, if you will realize that it's something precious, a treasure is precious. And you'll cry after it, you'll seek after it, and then when you have it, then you hide it, you hold it, you protect it. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Understanding God, and of course the fear in Scripture is used to express a filial or slavish passion. In good men, the fear of God is a holy awe or reverence of God in his laws, which springs from a just view and real love of the divine character, leading the subjects of it to hate and shun everything that can offend such a holy being and inclining them to aim at perfect obedience. This is filial fear. Filial is pertaining to a son and daughter. You have a reverence and a fear of your earthly father. How much more? Should we a holy Father that's in heaven, and and then it leads not only you know not not to the fear, you know you stand in awe of Him, you stand in awe of His instruction and presence. I didn't do that with my earthly father as much as I should have. A lot of circumstances driving that, but as I laid in life, took care of my father, got to know my father, got to know some things before he. He lost his memory to Alzheimer's. But I made the statement, you know, he was just a brilliant man in many ways. Uh, he had, you know, ideas of, and that he 
should have, could have, would have, if he would have patented most of his ideas, I might be a rich man today. I don't know anyway, but, um, but I made a statement to one of my siblings. I said, if we could have just, you know, if they had a USB port and we could have just plugged in one and just downloaded all the things that, we, that he knew and to be able to retain that. And then what's really sad is that we didn't understand until way late, way too late in life, that we should have listened to him earlier in life. We should have just soaked up everything he was willing to give us. But we knew it all. <laughs> oh, Dad. And a, a very bad uh, position to take. How much more should we seek after the wisdom uh, in the fear of our Lord to understand the fear of the Lord, that filial fear, uh, in, in, and understand just uh, looking at him in awe and reverence of his laws that springs uh, from a, a, a just view and real love of the, his divine character leading us to hate and shun everything that can offend a holy being and uh, draw nigh unto him, humble ourselves. He will lift us up. All those things that he teaches us, if we could just put it into practice, because so many times we, like a teenage boy <laughs> or girl, <laughs> know it all. Help us to get beyond that. Verse number six. For the, for the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He giveth wisdom. We we are reminded in James 1, verse number 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Does that not go back to, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding? If in crying, asking God for wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing, nothing wavering. I'm not, I'm not, I said dot, dot, dot in my notes because I don't want to deal with that double-minded man in all his ways, although I've kind of alluded to it already. I'm going to try to go on the positive side, asking for wisdom, realizing if you have to under, come to that understanding that you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom. You may have wisdom in certain areas, but you may need wisdom in others. And like I've, you know, when I first come out here and was called, was called as your pastor, I'm like, Lord, please give me wisdom. I'm dealing with people. That's, that's a task. I deal with people at my job. Got in trouble. Just a little bit, just one of those kind of things. Apparently, I offended somebody just because I dealt with the generational gap. And that, so they had their feelings hurt. Anyway, so my supervisor came and asked me about it. I'm like, sorry. You know, I didn't mean it that way. Sorry they took it that way. But um, anyway, seek wisdom. So if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him uh, to him, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Solomon, who wrote these Proverbs, wrote them because he asked for wisdom. He had the wisdom to be able to understand these things. And in and, and Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes especially, how he just, he just looked at life. And, and examine life, observed life. And he, 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 he understood these things and he put them down for our, and then God made sure they were canonized in the scriptures for our help. James 13, 3.13, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now wisdom, again, by definition, is the right use 
or, on, or exercising of knowledge. The right use of knowledge or the right exercising of knowledge. I can know a lot about a lot of things or a little about a lot of things. But wisdom is knowing how to properly exercise that knowledge. I can know that if I stick <laughs> my knife in that socket over there, it could shock me. Wisdom is making sure that I don't do that. <laughs> because that shock could kill me. All right? I could know a lot of things, but it's how to properly use the knowledge that's at hand. And James deals with this. But I like how he puts this wisdom here. He says it's uh, in verse number yeah, 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? That's a question mark. Let him show out of a good conversation his works. Here's where I wanted to get to. With meekness of wisdom. That meekness gives the understanding. It's not I know it all and you ain't going to tell me nothing. No, that's not, that's not the way that we approach people. That's not the way we should approach people. You know, not with a haughty attitude of how much we know and how much that, uh, that how wise we are. It's a meekness in our wisdom. So how that we present ourselves, that good conversation of our works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, now in James chapter 1, he says, ask him and he'll give it to you liberally. So this is the wisdom that we want that James 1, 5, and 6 says, but the wisdom that is from above is pure, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Again, going back to that meekness of wisdom. How we present ourselves. Not a know-it-all. Not one that's sensual, earthly, devilish, that produces envy and strife and confusion and every evil work, but the peaceable, gentle, pure, full of mercy and good works, without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's what we want. That's the wisdom that's from above. Going back to our text in verse number 7. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that, walketh, that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. So as I looked at these three verses together here, um, again, it is three different sentences, but looking at these verses together, we see that there is a way that we walk. So understand these, these uh, backing up to, um, obviously we're to cry after the, the knowledge and to, and to voice for, uh, lift up our voice for understanding, seek it as silver and search for it as a treasure, and then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Again, going back, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're seeking it. The Lord giveth it. And then when we get down here to verse number 7, he uses his wisdom to guide us in our paths. And he keeps our paths of judgment. He preserveth the way of his saints. Uh, and then we understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. So in, in seeking this wisdom that we're supposed to cry after, then we're also understanding that, and again, we could use 
Brother Larry Raines' little famous statement. Uh, it's becoming more famous around here. We have a blessing to get him out of here, uh, get him out here. But um, God loves us too much to do us wrong, and he's too wise to make a mistake. And we understand that, like he says there in verse number, he layeth up sound wisdom uh, for, uh, he keepeth the paths of judgment. He keeps our paths. He, 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 he's a buckler. Uh, he, he fights for us. He is, uh, I mean, we see, we're going to see uh, the towers and, uh, and, and things like that, that he is for us as his child, and, um, and he preserveth our way. So, so, so we see the paths and we see the way here in these verses here that he, that he will lead us in, there we go, if we will seek him in these other areas that's previously mentioned. Verse number 10, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion, there's that word again, discretion, which is prudence or knowledge and prudence, that discernment which enables a person to judge critically of what is correct and proper, united with caution. All right, so there's that discernment here. So here's what happens. When, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discernment shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, to, who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the fro frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and they froward, and they froward in their paths. And it's, there's a colon there. So it delivers from this man. Once we have wisdom in our hearts, knowledge is pleasant to our souls, we have this discretion that comes with that, again, using this knowledge and understanding and wisdom to weigh things out in our lives. We won't be easily persuaded of the, this evil man. We won't be easily enticed to, to the paths over here as a, enticed to sinners and to go with them. Because we have some discernment about this, you know, and I could go back. I'm not saying he was an evil man, but he was not. You know, I, I, I just think back to the one Sunday night where, you know, the one couple come in. He's an evangelist, you know, willing to do, willing to sing, willing, 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 willing. And, and, brother, <laughs> and brother Chris, you know, come to me later. So I was wondering how he was going to handle, you know. You know, he pops out that card real fast. And just exercise into some discernment. It doesn't come, it comes with prayer and praying for wisdom. It doesn't come, you know, just overnight. You have to, you have, to have some experiences of life with these things. I learned a whole lot setting at Island Ford for 16 plus years, being a full-time employee, listening to all the preaching throughout the day, day in and day out, and just seeing some of these same characters come through the doors. situations that happened around there and I've taken that and hopefully learned from it and I don't you know uh, lay hands on no man suddenly the Bible says and I try to practice some discernment there are people that that you know as I pray that God gives me some light and some go ahead the, the, the couple that was out here, I'll just mention them that way. You know, it, I, we never did let him sing, but I did let him preach. Again, that was after much prayer. And actually, he was able to, you know, some of the things he was able to say was a blessing to me. But the other fellow that come in and was just, we just didn't, I let him lead in prayer as we dismissed, I think, and that's about it. <laughs> and like... Like some pastors would say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them lead in silent prayer in the basement of our church. <laughs> Why? Because you had some discernment. Some of these characters that will pull your, your members down the hall, pull on their ear. I've seen that. And so 
discretion shall preserve thee, and understanding shall keep thee. And, and these, these preservation and keeping will deliver from these things, this way of the evil man, and the way of, and, the, and from the man that speaketh forward things. And it talks about how he is. Again, exercising these things and, and, and having these wisdom, this wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment in our lives based on what he gives us here in these Proverbs and throughout the Scriptures, it will deliver us. And here's, here's about this evil man, the way of the evil man, the man that speaketh forward things, all right, who leave the paths of up, uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. That's the evil man. And there's a pool. There is a pool. And sometimes you're pulled on people that carries a King James Bible and wears a three, two or three-piece suit. They walk as children of the light, but they're in darkness. And they'll come in and try to pull on you, and then they'll pull on the little ones either the babes in Christ or literally the little ones, and they'll get them all tangled up. That when God gets to the point where he, maybe they get old enough to be dealt with, and they're all messed up because of what they've been introduced to by this evil man who leaves the path of uprightness and, and to walk in the waves of darkness, to rejoice to do evil. This evil man rejoices to do evil. And discernment and understanding, wisdom and knowledge will deliver us from that, will keep us from that, will preserve us and keep us and deliver us from, all, from that evil man and his ways. The one that rejoices to do evil and delights in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths, and they froward in their paths. And I've seen, I've seen some of this in the sense that not so much in church, but oftentimes outside of the church as we interact with them, you, you'll see a different side of them. You've got to be careful. Some of the... Their talk, their words, he deals with the words there, are a little off color. Whether it be, you know, not necessarily jokes, but innuendos about maybe the opposite sex, just little... Little things that's just not right. Little bits and pieces of the information. What about, you know, just little implications and innuendos and little, just little things. Just enough to get you not thinking in the right direction. Get you off the path of righteousness. Got to watch. But if you have that discretion... Practice that discretion using the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom that you're praying for and that you're obtaining, then you are better to be delivered, more equipped, as a better word, way of putting it, better be equipped, better uh, equipped, there we go, to discern that evil man and to stay away from him. And then it talks to deliver, to be delivered from the evil man and, verse number 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman. We'll deal with her... Intently. I got way over in the Sunday school class one time, way over in the Sunday school class, uh, me and Sunday school class dealing with that strange woman. And uh, it all worked out, but, uh, but I was way over. Anyway, uh, the women are standing in the side hall going, what in the world's going on? We had a guest preacher that day too, anyway. But this strange woman, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Isn't it interesting that both of these, you know, verse number 12, the, the evil man, the man that speaketh forward things, 
And so the tongue tells you a whole lot about the man and this woman. Uh, froward things and flattery with her words, flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the God of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life, that they mayest walk in the good way of men and keep the paths of the righteous. So again, discretion and wisdom that entereth in your heart, knowledge is pleasant to the soul. When, when that happens to you, discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee from this evil man and from the strange woman. The last two verses here. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressor shall be rooted out of it. I'm dealing with the positive, the upright. I, that's where I think that we're speaking tonight. Not so much, I mean, warn of the evil, warn of the strange, warn of the wicked. But, but if we can, you know, dwell in... James 3, uh, 17 and 18, uh, and understand the proper practical application of the wisdom that we pray for, um, and then, you know, and understand that it produces the fruit of righteousness, is sown in peace of them that make peace, and then for the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. You know, understanding the promises. Again, going back, you ladies wasn't in the class. Of course, Brother Tim is dealing, you know, we're crossing over. We got on the other side of Jordan. Hallelujah. We're, we're through Gilgal. We're getting ready to go conquer Jericho. <laughs> but it was mentioned tonight that Gilgal, that rolling away where they circumcised all of Israel, that those that wasn't circumcised, Preparing them to conquer the land, getting them right. And as I, as I, he asked for, I made the interjection when I've heard that preach, Gilgal preached in light of revival. And we, we mentioned it again tonight in our, in our class how that, in that circumcision, it was the cutting away of the flesh. And, 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 and getting rid of the flesh to obtain the promises of God. And in, in spiritual application, it's just that. If we, we will practice it, the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But again, the upright and perfect, there's the two words there that we've got to deal with in our own life. Are there things... Have we gone after the ways of, are there froward things that we've been pulled to by the evil man? Have we inclined our ear to the flattering words of the strange woman? That, and, I, and it can be men leading men, and I know where this kind of, because, um, let's see, it actually doesn't deal with this woman's bed. So it's not like we're going to the, the woman we read of here in 5, 6, and 7. But she forgetteth her covenant with her God, it says, and she flattereth with her words. She forsaketh the God of her youth. Her house inclineth to death, her paths unto the dead. This might not necessarily be that woman that, in, that pulled on that young man that we read later on in these Proverbs. It could just be a woman dealing with a woman. You know, the gossip. The gossip, the, the one that introduces you to, oh, you know, that romance novel that's not so godly here read this I think you'll enjoy it hmm. and it's not you know if you head down her path that's not the path to be going down none that go in un unto her return again 
Neither take they hold of their paths of life. And there's been a lot of women that led women astray. I know of a situation. Well, it's, it's gossip. I mean, it was third hand. You know, one of those deals. I know of actually two that was told about women that not only ruined a marriage, but then encouraged other women to do the same. And I think it was to make them feel better. You know that? I don't know. But there are people out there that's like that. That'll put just little, again, just little suggestions about how you're treated. The rules down at your house. The thumb that your husband has you under. The rules down at the church house. Actually, there was a man that's that's visited us here before. And that's what happened in his life. Someone that was raised up under the rules has taken to the internet to trash the rules and has led many that has raised up under the churches that we are familiar with and the doctrines that we practice and they they have taken them away i mean they have they have fought against it and they have taken social media and used it in in a detrimental way and pulled people children young children young people that was raised up in that, and I'm talking preachers' wives, pulled them out. And it's out there. Wisdom and discernment. I'm just going to end it with this. One of the songs I used to sing in Sunday school, in vacation Bible school, was be careful little eyes what you see, <laughs> be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little... Mouths what you say, hands what you do, and feet where you go. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, and eyes, ears, mouth, hands, and feet, what we do with those things. And even as adults that lack wisdom, he says, if we lack wisdom to pray for it, and ask in faith, nothing wavering. If we lack wisdom, but they, they, they are not careful with their feet taking them to places. And allowing people to pull on their ear and listen to stuff that they really ought not to be listening to. Just whispers. Just little suggestions of how much, how maybe things will be better if you do this. Look what it's done for me. And they seem to be prosperous, but it could be that flattering woman, strange woman with the flattering words, and it could be that evil man that speaketh forward things. Because we've given them an ear. We're not discerning that they are the evil man and and the strange woman they're not and if things just doesn't seem right and again having the understanding and the knowledge that lines up with that book if it doesn't line up with the book if it goes against and contrary to the doctrines and contrary to the teachings of this and it's probably wrong bump it up against this seek and again going back up cry after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding Seeker is silver and search for as a hid treasure. So that when we come in contact with this evil man and this strange woman, we are not led astray. That we will be upright and dwell in the land, that we will be perfect and remain in it.
because the wicked shall be cut off, but the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Oftentimes you hear in the scriptures, you see, you see the sentence or the, the phrase, they have their reward. And there's a whole lot of people that that's all that they're out to do, seemingly, is to lead people astray. And they find pleasure in it. But one of these days, judgment's coming. So have the wisdom and discernment, discretion, as the Bible that we just read about, discretion, which exercises discernment and putting all this together. Be slow to give people an answer. Don't just run with them rapidly. Weigh things against the wisdom of the word. Uh, There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Seek counsel. and, and, And try to get some... You know, look at things and, and go through your life with these tools that God has given us in our life. And if you lack wisdom, pray for it. I do. <laughs> Often. Still pray for it. And I come up against circumstances and I come up against situations and Sometimes I have the tools and I have the understanding and the knowledge about that particular situation and I've, I've seen it in the past. I can apply all these things and sometimes I have no clue. And I have to pray for wisdom. And often, and sometimes people, I think, misread me or misunderstand me in the fact that I may suggest something, may be saying something or put something out there, but it doesn't happen like the next service or the next week or the next month. And maybe it's just because that I've backed off a little bit and, and I'm seeking God's will and seeking his direction in it. There's a lot of those things that I have in my heart to do, but waiting on the right window to do it in sometimes. Sometimes, and hopefully I don't miss God. So help me pray in that, in that respect. So again, as we go through these, hopefully, you know, again, just seek these things. And when we read these things and, and just make application to us, look for those words like if and thens. And, and just don't look at them generally, look at them and make application to you yourself and you and your family, you and your children. If I do this, but I there, then this will happen. All kinds of instruction in the Word of God that we can find helping uh, in our walk. Hopefully this is just the start of a good study here on Sunday nights. Let's pray.